Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big a Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I minister the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city, well, the almost beautiful city of Adelaide. Uh, it's uh, wonderful to be uh, here with you today. I also host Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, folks, this is just my second day back after four weeks away. It is a real privilege uh, to be able to come and join with you, to be able to share uh, the gospel over the airwaves. Uh, what a fantastic uh, uh, time uh, this, uh, this really is. Uh, this week... Uh, we're following the theme, and this is a contentious one. In fact, it's called The Contentious Issues for Believers. And this week we're actually looking at the whole subject of Halloween. Of course, Halloween is coming up uh, this weekend. You're going to have many knocks on your doors. Uh, where, where, you know, I mean, your, your young people, your children, the young people at your church, some of them will want to get involved. Uh, today we're, uh, we're asking, how do we respond? How do we act? Is this something that we can support? Um, today, in particular, we're looking at how important is my example in uh, the Christian life. Now, of course, today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher, and David's the lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz, and uh, it is fantastic to have him uh, with us. Welcome to you, David. Good afternoon, Gary. It's really good to be back on uh, Drive Time, big Q&A with you, and uh, I missed you while you were away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, one or two people have said that, and I'm not sure if they're telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But hey, look, you know, I mean, it's nice for people to actually say that. What have you been up to for the last month? Yeah, I've got to, I've got to even think what I've been up I to. Still, in the holidays last... were on during that time. Yeah, they were. So, look, I had a little bit of time away with family, um, some work interstate, and um, a little bit of work from home and back to work. So, uh, yeah, it's busy time of year. It is. It is. There is so much happening at the present time. I mean, uh, I hear you're trying to deal with staffing at the present time. That's a uh, that's a huge challenge. Yeah. Look, it's a busy time of year. Um, you know, for a lot of people, isn't it? Um, at this time, and I guess uh, Gary, I'm I'm sure you're not busy uh, putting up Halloween costumes and other paraphernalia at this time of year, are you? I don't put up anything at any time of the year. I've got a boring household. My house. My my children tell me I'm quite boring because I don't even put up Christmas decorations at my house and uh, you know there are, there are some who would like to. Well they only, I mean it doesn't last long does it, Christmas, that's one thing but this whole Halloween thing Gary and um, you know just a few streets from the studio that we are in my wife and I were walking I think a couple of sat- Saturdays ago and we're walking down this street, it, it's a fairly nice suburb, yeah. uh, this area called Prospect and uh, there with this big front garden and brick fence with, with iron posts between etc were two um, artificial skeletons human skeletons hanging to the fence life size uh, huge cobwebs uh, you know Halloween yeah, type yeah, yeah, cobwebs yeah. over the whole house and the the amount of money and effort that this house had put in and, and this is only one that I guess our listeners right across Australia would see if they 
walk the streets of, of many of our cities. It's, it's yeah. a huge deal, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. You know, I, I don't know if I've missed something, but I know where I'm living. Number the, the number of people involved seem to have actually dropped a little bit this year. I don't know if that's financial impact or what it is, but certainly there's not doesn't seem to be quite as many. Certainly a number of homes are made up, but uh, I, not as many as I think I, I've recognised in past years. And I don't know if something's happening out there, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, to me, this is a, this is a huge subject that we do need to be uh, really conscious of and really aware of, uh, particularly as Christians functioning in an increasingly secular uh, world. But David, look, we're going to come there in a, in a moment after our uh, after our music break, and we're going to have a have an in depth chat on that. But look, first, I'd like to bring you to some uh, research that came out just a, a couple of a couple of weeks back, and. Uh, I, I really appreciated reading this. Now, this is uh, Australian research. This is, I would regard it as some of the best and most qualitative research that I have seen in, in recent times. Now, this is done by the McCrindle uh, organization here in, here in Oz. And the uh, research was entitled The Changing Faith of Land, The Changing Faith Landscape of Australia. And, uh, uh, this um, this particular uh, research was only concluded and released in the last uh, couple of uh, couple of weeks, uh, but uh, uh, the in the introduction, uh, uh, Mark McCrindle, the founder of, of the McCrindle organisation, he um, he makes this comment: more than one in six Australians have never felt part of a flourishing community, and around the same number report feeling lonely, often. More than half of Australian teen and 20-somethings say they are living with a long-term mental health condition such as anxiety or depression. Less than half of this age group report strong satisfaction in their life in measures such as sense of purpose, contentment, spiritual growth and spiritual well-being. This is the options generation with unlimited pathways. But we do them no favours if we set them up with endless opportunities, yet they have no purpose. You know, that particular statement I thought was incredibly powerful. I thought it was uh, to the point and really summed up a lot of this research uh, incredibly well. Now, if we actually come to the research, uh, there's 60 odd pages of it, so we obviously can't do a great deal. Uh, but there was uh, a number of uh, things that certainly in the introductory pages that really jumped out at me. And uh, we may actually come back to this research uh, next week or the, the week after as well, because there is so much involved with it but um, on the very first page it talks about the changing faith a snapshot now of course uh, you'd be well aware that uh, uh, at the most recent recent census it was established that 46 percent of uh, of uh, of uh, people in australia uh, did declare themselves that yes i am a, i am a christian now that well, we said that was a a significant drop in uh, in the number of people that had declared it on previous uh, surveys. Well, the same result came through in this particular uh, survey. But then it was broken down and uh, the question was asked, uh, how many uh, attend church monthly? And it was discovered that of that 46%, we've only got 16% of that number uh, attend church monthly. 
monthly. Now, uh, to me, David, I, I look at that, I turn around and say, hey, look, you know, I might declare myself a Christian, but if only 16% of those people are attending church monthly, that's not a very good uh, response. And then there's a um, there's another response. Active, another question concerning active practices, um, who are extremely involved in their particular religion. Now, these are people who I assume would attend church maybe weekly, but the response here was six percent. Six percent of those people of the, of the 46. So in Australia, people who attend church uh, regularly on a, on a weekly basis who are, regard themselves as extremely involved in their religion is only six now, David, what is this saying to you? I guess it really confirms, doesn't it, the the um, what we see partially in the media, where uh, Christianity is shrinking. Yeah, uh, those that claim to be Christians. So, forty six percent in total claim to be Christians. Yeah, yeah. and um, but as you say, of those forty six percent of that whole total, only six percent are active practices. So, uh, many people are Christians. How would I say this? By um, by their origins, yep, by their yep, birth, yep. by their ancestry, by yep. their family or their culture. Yep, and you don't have to be of a different eth- ethnicity. Exactly. To have that, you know, we can grow up in a Christian denomination. Uh, it doesn't have to be even Christian, does it? I no, mean, there absolutely. Are, you know, I mean, people grow up as maybe a Muslim background, and I mean, I was I was actually talking to my uh, to my barber just uh, just a few weeks ago, and he he certainly grew up a non Christian religion, um, but you know, he regards himself now as you know he, he's a backslider in his particular uh, religion. He doesn't really attend you know very much anymore. So what we're saying about Christianity can be true for, for absolutely and and I know um you know every now and again I catch cabs to the airport and typically um you know the cabs I catch at least they they're driven by Sikhs and we have these wonderful conversations yeah. about religion yeah. and I ask them about their faith but often as you say they're not practicing their yeah. spouse might or the family back in India yeah. but they've stopped yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, look, what sort of impact do you think that that's actually having? I mean, for example, the future generation. I mean, we're actually seeing, um, uh, we're seeing that the number of uh, people regarding themselves as Christians is uh, dropping substantially, uh, on this last census. And, uh, you know, I mean, to me, this must be having a, a huge impact on uh, the, the children. Of those people, I mean, I uh, I notice on this same uh, survey here, um, uh, people who do not identify with any religion or spiritual belief, thirty three percent. So one third of people in our community simply wouldn't. They don't regard themselves as spiritual. They don't regard themselves as religious. They're not Christian. They're not uh, Muslim. They're not a Sikh. They're, they're they don't. Identify with anything. So 13% did identify as having spiritual beliefs, yep. but they didn't identify with any religion. But what you've highlighted, Gary, is that 33% don't identify with any religion or spiritual belief. So if you then break down that 33% um, uh, that don't identify with any religion, 45% of the 33%, so mm-hmm. stick with us, listeners, 45% of the 33% uh, say they prefer a scientific and rational evidence-based approach to life. 30% uh, say, I think that religions and spirituality are outdated and traditional approaches to life. 
Now, yeah. this doesn't surprise us, does it? No, it doesn't. It and, doesn't. And then, listen to this one. I think that religion is a crutch for the weak to lean on. That's 25% uh, of, of those with, uh, who identifies no, uh, don't believe in any religion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is the cult. This is the society. We're dealing with a society that has 33% that don't identify with any religion, but then 13% that have spiritual beliefs but don't identify with any religion. So you're really looking at, um, you know, 46%. Yep, yep, yep. And, of course, this is the world that we've actually been called to minister in. And the question, of course, is how do you actually do that? Now, of course, uh, the the very, uh, well, two pages later, actually, uh, there's, uh, uh, I think that question is actually answered in a, in a really beautiful way. Now, um, I, uh, uh, I, when I read this, I thought, you know, hey, this is, this is incredible truth here. Uh, firstly, uh, the question was asked is what, you know, what platforms do Australians go at least weekly to help them grow in their spiritual life? And, uh, okay, I mean, I got the answers we would have expected. They're asking for platforms, so that means they're looking at the, at the internet. Social media. And social internet. media. Facebook, 28% of people go there. YouTube, 27 go there. Instagram, 23%. TikTok, 20%. That amounts to 98% of people. Um, uh, these, uh, of those people who want spiritual input, they are actually going reasonably regularly to the internet. Now that says to me that there is actually a desire there amongst those, amongst a significant proportion of the population. Now, um, then there were some, uh, some questions asked about what are the top attractors to religion and spirituality? And to me, this is the thing that spoke really very strongly to me. What are those types of things that most attract the person in the big wide world out there to Christianity? If they're not a Christian, how can you attract them to Christianity? Well, um, they uh, they pointed out that two thirds of uh, those those people that are attracted to Christianity uh, often uh, firstly experience some form of personal trauma or significant life change at a time of trauma. People are often drawn to ask the bigger questions, but after that, uh, the the responses to me I thought were very powerful. Sixty four percent said seeing firsthand. People who live out a genuine faith. 58% of those who were seeking said a, uh, a discussion and a, a debating ideas does actually impact them, but it has to come from a friend rather than from the preacher at, at church. Uh, then a 57% said stories, testimonies from people who have changed because of their faith. Hey, if in fact that faith has had an impact on my life, I'm happy to hear about it and there's a chance that your friend might actually make a change likewise. 52% of those people who were searching said miraculous stories, stories of people being healed or supernatural occurrences. That was a major attractor to religion and spirituality. Uh, 46% of people said hearing from public figures and celebrities 
who are examples of the faith, was a major attractor to religion and spirituality. David, what what are these things saying to you about uh, you know how people are are drawn to Christ? I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy something off, you know, if you have a vacuum clean, cleaner salesperson come to your door, and I know they don't do it anymore, right? But yeah. if, say you did, and they, they didn't look the part, they were gruff, they were not happy, they weren't enthusiastic, they didn't have any experience in, in yeah. the vacuum cleaner itself, and then they started to tell you all the problems with it. You wouldn't be attracted to it. Mm. And so I think what this highlights is that uh, people that aren't Christian – the things that attract them to Christianity is authenticity. Yeah. Uh, seeing firsthand people who live out a genuine faith. Mm. And we know that one of the biggest attractors uh, are things such as perpetrators, child abuse, hypocrisy. That's a detractor. Detractor. Yes. So it's natural then that seeing firsthand people who live out a genuine faith, genuine people, uh, Christianity in action, not just words, but through actions. Mm. Um, the inner, I guess the philosophical discussion and baiting ideas, well, that's interesting, right? But it goes on. The, the testimonies from people who have had changed lives because of their faith. You cannot argue with someone you might disbelieve but uh, when someone says this is what my life was like then i found jesus and this is how my life is now still has challenges but this is the hope i have this is the experience how i you know i don't feel alone yeah Uh, those things are extremely attractive and then miraculous stories of people who have been healed or supernatural occurrences People still want a good news story. They still want a feel-good story because the media is full of the opposite. Mm. One of the concerning ones, though, is that last one you mentioned, that uh, hearing from public figures and celebrities who are examples of faith. Now, we have a recent, I know we're not going to break into this now, a recent example with uh, an appointee, uh, I don't know, CEO or president of the Essendon Australian Rules Football um, Club. Yeah. Uh, and uh, within a day of his appointment, they discovered that uh, not only was he the CEO of, of a church, Uniting Church in Melbourne, <laughs> but on that church's website from about eight years before were some comments uh, about a range of things, abortion and uh, homosexuality and other sins, etc. and he was basically scuttled. He was forced Straight to make away. a decision. Yep. So what I'm getting at is, uh, there are less and less um, celebrities or well-known people that actually make the media mm-hmm. that are painted in a positive light. Why? Yeah. Because the media and society, those in power, so to speak, don't want to give uh, space. There is a huge agenda. There is uh, against the uh, uh, against Christian Christian faith. But yeah, David, look, I agree with you totally. To me, the thing that really jumps out at me here is it's these. Personal stories, personal relationship. You know, traditionally, we've actually called this our testimony. You know, when I share the great things that the Lord has done for me with somebody else, there is a strong probability that um, many people will turn around and say, hey, look, this is something that I should at least consider. Uh, they may not consider it straight away. They may not make a change on the on that spot. Uh, but at the time uh, when there's personal trauma, when when there's a life change happening, uh, suddenly they pick up and remember how important those friendships are uh, in this in this whole dynamic of sharing faith. 
Which shows the, the critical nature when you do accept Jesus and as you are a follower of Jesus, we shouldn't remove ourselves from other people. We need to build bridges and relationships with them because the report goes on to say, Gary, and it shouldn't surprise us, but the things where, where Christianity has a, a real uh, opportunity to make greater inroads in the community is the fact that we have community. We have, um, uh, we have uh, not-for-profit uh, welfare-type yep, agencies, yep, yep. Christianity does, to assist people. Yep. Uh, we're there to help uh, teach English and English as a second language and do all these sorts of things. Yep. It's as we roll up our sleeves, so to speak, and connect with the community that in an increasingly secular age, we then are given an opportunity to open our voice to yeah. speak religiously and share that, why are we doing this? Because this is what Jesus is. Because what evangelism these days actually happens far better on a one-on-one than in a, a huge hall somewhere. It's when I share my faith with with you um when i'm just sitting down uh, maybe at a uh, at a at a coffee shop uh, that it's at that particular time that i uh that people are often open to listen but david look just one thing we i, I do need to move on from this uh, this particular survey but just uh, one thing now this weekend uh, i i'm conscious that uh, um all our churches here in south australia uh well most of them are actually going to be closed um they're not going to be open because we have a major um uh, regional program where all the churches come together occurring right here in adelaide and i'm really excited about the Speaker uh, that you've got uh, that you've got coming, and uh, David, can you just tell us something about that? Because I'm conscious that some of our listeners here in the Greater Adelaide region may be interested in coming to join us. Yeah, look, and we would if you're in South Australia, or if you want to catch a flight, we'd love to see you fly into Adelaide. So uh, this coming Saturday, the twenty, uh, what is it, the twenty eighth, the 29th? Let me get that right, Gary. Do you want to check that? I think I've got this that coming means, Saturday. Whatever day it is, Saturday <laughs> yeah, yeah. is uh, is actually the 29th. So Saturday the 20th, 29th of October, uh, right here in Adelaide, um, 185 uh, Frederick Road, Seaton. Uh, if you come to this venue, it's called the Christian Family Centre, 185 Frederick Road, Seaton, 10am and then 11.25 and then 2.45, we have a speaker by the name of Johnny Wong. He's uh, coming across from Victoria. He's uh, a businessman. Mm-hmm. A Christian businessman that um, God has used in a powerful way to plant churches in a very secular he's city. He's planted like five churches, as I understand. Five churches in Melbourne. And he's not a pastor. He's not a pastor. He's a businessman. In fact, uh, yeah, got very high up in the corporate world. Uh, and um, since he has planted these churches and in the process of doing so, he's written a book called Business Unusual. Yep. And uh, the series this coming Saturday, the, the presentations will be called Time for Business Unusual. And it's really about how Christians can can share their faith and some incredible stories of what God is doing. We need good news stories, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, even this McCrindle research shows that there is a yearning for purpose, there is a yearning for belonging, and and to being part of a community. Yep, yep. And so um, if you're in South Australia, if you're in Adelaide, this coming Saturday, the 29th of October, from 10 a.m., 185 Frederick Road, Seton, we'd love to see you there. And um, come along and be blessed. Alternatively, you can also, if you're interstate, you can watch this program by um, getting on the internet, getting on YouTube and typing in Living Ministry Media. 
Living Ministry Media. Excellent, excellent organisation is our LMM. That's our local um, uh, streaming um, Adventist streaming group uh, here in uh, here in Adelaide, folks. Can I just encourage you? This is going to be a fantastic weekend. I've got huge appreciation for uh, for, for Johnny Wong. He's a he's a businessman. He's a layman. Uh, he's raised up five uh, five churches, planted five five churches. Uh, so we've got a a lay person, a lay businessman, uh, preaching to the preachers as well as uh, all our congregations if you'd like to come and join us we'd love uh, to have you come and uh, come and join us 10 a.m 185 frederick street at uh, at seaton and please uh, say hello to me if you happen to be there i'm the tall guy that's there please just look for the tallest person you can find that's me and please come and say hello i'd uh, i'd love to be able to uh, to meet you um please come and join some uh, uh please enjoy some some music this is uh, steve grace the joy of the lord uh, what a beautiful song this is is Joy of the Lord is mine. My- 
my strength The joy of knowing Jesus And deep down in my soul Forgiven and free That's reality. That's reality. Isn't isn't it good uh, to be able to have the Lord on our side? Uh, Look, uh, folks, uh, today we have a giveaway uh, for you. This is a real, uh, real beauty. Now, our giveaway today is entitled uh, Draining the Sticks. And the Sticks, of course, is the mythical river uh, between life and death uh, that comes from uh, ancient uh, ancient mythology. Uh, This is written by uh, Sean Boonstra. And uh, what he's attempting to do is to take the mystery out of the subject of death. Now, of course, this week what we're doing is we're talking about this issue of Halloween. Halloween is so tied up with uh, with death, uh, with uh, with ghouls, uh, with the supernatural. Uh, what is the truth about this subject of of death? You know, it's nothing like uh, what is being presented uh, by so many people this weekend. Draining the sticks by Sean Boonstra. This man is one of the best preachers. He's one of the best authors that I know. It's not a long book. You'll really appreciate this book um, if you want to have the mystery taken out of this subject of death then this is the book uh, that I would absolutely uh, recommend to you. Now, look, guys, if you would like uh, this uh, this particular book, uh, all you need to do is to text us here, our studio text number, uh, which is 04888 80811. 04 888 Just text us and text us our code and the code is SA78, SA78. No gap between the SA and the 78, SA78 to 04 888 And uh, that'll actually trigger our robot and uh, our, our robot, he's called Pilgrim, uh, they changed his name from Faithful. I don't know why they uh, they did that, uh, but uh, uh, he will uh, he'll send you uh, some messages, get some information off you, so that we can get this uh, this book to you in the fastest way possible. You'll love this book, Draining the Sticks, uh, by uh, by Sean Boonstra, uh, and it takes the mystery out of this subject of death. And with taking the mystery out, I can I suggest to you, my friends, it also takes the fear out. There is no fear. Uh, perfect love casts out all fear. And that's what this book will actually do for you. You'll love this book. That number again is 04888. 808-11 and the code is SA78. 
Now, you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today, our co-host is Pastor David Butcher. And David's the lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, right here in South Oz. And this week, we're following the theme, Contentious Issues for Believers, Halloween. And today... We're asking, we're looking at, we're talking about that subject and particularly our example. Now, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm so conscious of is this question does keep on coming up. Should we have Halloween? Is Halloween, how should we regard it? Is Halloween no more than a touchstone of our culture? Christians, right across the board, I'm sure you're aware, are really divided on this question. Some insist that it's harmless fun. Others uh, warn of the pagan and occult origins of Halloween. It's a question that's almost as old as the, as the Bible. It's been argued, for instance, that Christians deprive themselves of a good deal of harmless fun uh, by being po-faced about Halloween. What's wrong with Halloween, it's, after all, isn't it an opportunity to just go back to our childhood? David, look, help us out with uh, with this. I mean, are you going out Halloweening um, this uh, this weekend? Uh, no, I'm not, and uh, nor have I, uh, nor do I uh, go down this path at all. I, yeah, it's amazing how pagan festivals have become accepted uh, broadly. And yet Christian, you know, yeah. Christian things are shunned. Yeah. And, um, look, Gary, I, this is tied in with, with death. It's tied in with the occult, if you like, supernatural. Uh, it's, it's dangerous. I mean, you know, I see parents, uh, during Halloween, they, and sometimes the kids go around by themselves in a group, yeah. house to yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, others will go around with a parent. And I'm thinking, here are these parents leading these young little kids, you know, three, four, five years of age. Yeah. And yet if they understood the origins, it's it's a horror story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I know? mean, those same parents wouldn't actually allow their children to watch a, a horror m- movie on, on television. You know, it's just something that you wouldn't do as a parent. And yet this is something that uh, seems to have been accepted within our cultural environment. Satan is very good, Gary, at making something poisonous – Look harmless. And all we have to do to, to see that is go back to Genesis chapter three. Yeah. Here we have this tree that was a beautiful, healthy tree with glossy, beautiful fruit that was, 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 uh, uh, looked delicious, was attractive to the eye and it looked harmless. Mm. Yet God said, in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. The devil said, no, that's not true. God's trying to restrict you. And so there is this thing today in Christianity where some Christians will, will practice this and think, oh, look, it's all a bit of fun, it's harmless, or it gives us an avenue to connect with the community. But uh, when we look at it, it it's far more, uh, there's far more sinister. There is undertones. And for me, uh, Gary, speaking really straight, um, I would put it in there along with reading books such as Harry Potter, 
and all of those sorts of things. Yeah. They're not going to draw us closer to God. Yeah. We're dealing with the other side. We're touching on it. We're, we're stepping on the borders. And perhaps if we can look at three, three key reasons, perhaps, as to why we should not celebrate Halloween. Mm. And the first one, I guess we'll find this in Deuteronomy chapter 12, but the first one is this, that um, uh, God forbids the merging of pagan customs into our lives. Mm-hmm. And um, just open that one up. Just, just, just a, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, we know that Easter yeah. has pagan origins, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that even Christmas has some pagan origins. Yeah, yeah. We know that uh, when Constantine uh, was converted or, or, you know, came to Christianity, that he merged as the emperor of the Roman, um, uh, the Roman Empire, he merged uh, the paganism of his day with Christianity. Are you putting Halloween into the same category as uh, Christmas and, and Easter? Uh, look, no, I think it's, I think it's far worse. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it is really, you, you look at its origins, what it's tied to, it's, yeah. it's I wouldn't go there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 12, and in Deuteronomy chapter 12, and um, yeah, maybe if we pick it up uh, at verse 29, I think there's a lesson in here for mm-hmm. us. When the Lord your God cuts off from before you the nations which go to di- you go to dispossess, and you displace them and dwell in their land. This is um, God through Moses talking to the children of Israel that when they cross the Jordan into Canaan, that God is going to, um, you know, Dispossess the land of those other false nations, and yep. it's it's warning the uh, people not to worship those gods. So Deuteronomy chapter twelve and verse thirty: Take heed to yourself that you are not ensnared to follow them. These other people. In other words, these other people actually had customs in their land that God was saying, hey, look, you know, they are customs that they have got. I'm dispossessing them as a result of those customs, and I don't want you to become involved with them. Don't want you to become involved in them. Absolutely. And um, after they are destroyed from before you, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, how did these nations serve their gods? I will also do likewise. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, for every abomination to the Lord which he hates they have done to their gods, for they burn even their sons and daughters in the fire of their gods. Whatever I command you, be careful to observe it. You shall not add to it nor take away from it. So there was customs and practices that these pagan nations practice that uh, at times God's people got drawn into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, that is a reason. This is an abomination. Yeah. We know that it, it's it's based on a lie, ultimately. We're mm-hmm. talking about spirit world and the dead and all of those sorts of things. And essentially, this was one of Satan's lies at the beginning, that you will not surely die. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jesus tells us in the Gospels that Satan is the father of lies yeah. and falsehood. Yeah. So that's one reason. The other thing I would suggest is, uh, and, and in that one, God demands uh, our total allegiance. Mm. Now, mm. we don't have to give it, but if we don't give God our full allegiance, then we're giving it to someone else. Yeah. 
So we can't serve God and mammon, so to speak. You can't serve two masters. We need to make a decision. Mm. This day who will serve, so to speak. The second one, Gary, I would suggest is um, God wants us to avoid darkness. Halloween is all about darkness. It glorifies and emphasizes dark characters of mythology, witches, wizards, vampires, ghosts, and zombies. They're all associated with either death, Satanism, or the occult. Mm. And here you have these um, parents, presumably... Um, not really getting the picture. I mean, there's no such thing as ghosts. And of course, or if, the, if the parents don't see anything wrong with uh, with this particular practice, then their children also just pick this up and, uh, hey, you know, there's nothing really wrong with this uh, with this practice. And this is what makes it so dangerous. I think that it seems harmless. I mean, yeah. people would say, oh, there's no such thing as ghosts. Yeah, you know, there's no such thing as skeletons. You don't see them going around and all of this sort of stuff. The spiders and the cobwebs. It, it's it's just, it's just fun. Yet, as we saw yesterday, there is in Scripture a dark side presented. There is God is the Father of Light, but you've also got a there is a Father of Darkness as well. And the uh, you know, I mean, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. You know, that to me is one of the most powerful passages of the entire Scripture because uh, the the apostle is being abominably clear that in fact, you know, our battle is more than a physical battle. And yet most people are only seeing what is tangibly before them and not the unseen realm. Yes, yes, and yes. And so this just seems fantastic. But you started talking about light there, David, before I cut you off. Can you just dig in a little bit more to that? Yeah, look, absolutely. So in um, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter 5 uh, from verse 8, very powerful passage, it says, For you were once darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all, goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest light, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So here we have the Apostle Paul, uh, his leadership by example, saying, hey, you were once walking in darkness. Mm. Leave it. Have nothing to do with it. Don't turn back. Don't walk on this, this fine line and think you can have one foot in darkness and one foot in light. It doesn't work that way. Mm. And uh, if we if we dance with the devil, if we dance on that 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 line, if you come onto forbidden territory, in all probability, at some point you are going to be dragged in uh, to uh, uh, into a different realm. Because you said, Gary, in that beautiful text that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. It's not some earthly fight. We are we are in this battle against demonic powers against angels that have chosen to follow Satan and they're more powerful than human beings. Mm, mm. And yet it's all masked over. It's uh, on sale in the shops. Uh, and this is just something that is a, a little bit of fun. We can get out and we can uh, enjoy life without actually considering the messaging that's actually taking place. You know, one of the things I'm really conscious of, David, is that uh, right now, if you look at the whole Hollywood genre generally, uh, the messaging that's coming through Hollywood is increasingly uh, moving across to the dark side. 
Absolutely. And, and so this whole celebration is on the dark side. It's based on the lie. It's based on the, the, the belief of, um, an immortal soul. Yeah. Which is not yeah. true. Yeah. Which is not yeah. true. Folks, look, if you've got a comment, if you'd like to uh, give some input on, on this particular subject, uh, why don't you, you do it? You can use our text number 04888 04888-80811. We'd love to be able to hear from you. Uh, this subject, I believe, is just so relevant in the, uh, uh, in this, this particular week, uh, of the, uh, of the year. Let's come to some, uh, some music. Uh, this is, uh, Celtic. Uh, I know whom I have believed love uh, love this particular song Spirits and I know whom I have believed. You know, that's a song that uh, I can well remember when I was uh, growing up uh, and uh, going along to church with my uh, uh, with my mum uh, in our church youth group. We used to sing uh, that uh, that particular song. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed against that uh, day. Um, oh, how good it is to be able to worship uh, our our heavenly Father, uh, the Father of Lights, as opposed to darkness. Now look guys if you'd like to have a copy of our uh, free giveaway book today we'd love to be able to, to give it to you. Uh, it's called Draining the Sticks. Now the Sticks of course is the mythical uh, river between uh, between life and uh, and death and uh, this uh, this book is written by Sean Boonstra. Sean Boonstra is one of the best presenters, uh, one of the best speakers. He's a fantastic author that I've certainly uh, heard in recent times. You'll love of this particular book. Now, look, if you'd like to get your own copy of Draining the, the Sticks, uh, then all you need to do is to text us here at our studio text number. It's 04888 80811. 04888 80811. And our code uh, this uh, this week is uh, SA78. Uh, SA78. And uh, that will trigger our friend the robot. Uh, his name is uh, uh, Pilgrim. 
and uh, we will uh, he'll get some information off you, your name and your address, uh, so that uh, uh, we can get this uh, this book to you in the fastest uh, possible way. I believe it's a book that you'll really appreciate. Uh, so that book again is the Draining of the Sticks uh, by Sean Boonstra. Now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher. And David's the lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Uh, and this week we're following the theme, Contentious Issues for Believers, Halloween. Uh, and today uh, we're, we're really starting to dig into this question. Is this something that uh, I should sponsor uh, with uh for my children. What's the power of my own example? David, look, really appreciate all that you've been sharing. Bring it together for us. We've got about 10 minutes before we have to uh, say farewell for another day. Yeah, look, Gary, I think you you really touched on it uh, just before when you talked about example. And so as Christians, we are examples uh, to our families, our, our own family, to other families, to, to new believers and even to non-believers. Now, um you know, every now and again I see someone in, in the mall in Adelaide and, and you would have these in every city. I've seen them in other cities in Australia too where someone is there saying you're going to burn in hell and they've got a Bible in their hand a street and they're preacher. thumping in a street preacher. Yeah. Now, they might be speaking truth, but we need to be careful how we do that, correct? Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. we need to be able to build relationships. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting we need to be militant in what we do, but we shouldn't get caught up in the wrong thing and and by our example lead others astray. Yeah. We need to speak the truth but do so in love. And I guess there are a couple of uh, verses in the Bible that, that, that take us here. And in 1 Corinthians 8, uh, verses uh, 9 to 11, the Apostle Paul says, But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. This is in regard to food that has been offered to idols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in one sense, Paul is saying, look, an idol is not real, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's no big deal. But to a to a new believer who has come out of worshipping idols, it would have been huge. Yeah, yeah. So Paul says, but beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone says you have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat all those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ has died. Mm. So Paul is talking about um, as Christians committed to Jesus, we need to be conscious of our own actions lest we lead others astray or give them wrong impressions when they look at our actions or our behavior uh, because they might not understand fully where we're at. We can lead people astray by our actions. In other words, David, this is particularly important, I believe, because of, you know, for those of us who are parents or are grandparents, because the thing I'm so conscious of is that our children and our grandchildren do actually pick up what it is we really believe. You know, I mean, hey, I might march off to uh, to church uh, one one day a week. I might even be active uh, in my church. But if when I get home, uh, my young people see me living a totally different form of life, uh, that is actually uh, programming them uh, to actually come to different conclusions. You know, I, I think myself, you know, David, even to be um, be 
incredibly conscious of what is coming on in the media because what we're saying about Halloween, I'd suggest to you, is probably also as true in the whole area of media. I mean, I mean I'm conscious of, you know, I mean, Disney in... Um, and just very recent times, has, has moved away from the the family friendly type uh, type uh, of movie, uh, and is certainly moving into the dark side. Yeah, look, I was driving today, Gary, and I drove past a bus with a big advertisement for some sort of game. I think uh, there was something called Immortal Dark Lord or something, um, uh, the Immortal Dark Lord, something of that nature. And I'm thinking, how spiritualistic is this? So we do have to be conscious of the example, and when we were looking. Looking at that research from McCrindle on on the state of the church or Christianity in Australia, one of the things that came out was, um, you know, people look down on Christianity because of abuse and hypocrisy, and people begin to respect Christianity when they see that people are authentic. And so we need to be really conscious of the example that we said. And in Romans 14, the Apostle Paul again talks about not being a stumbling block um, or put a stumbling block in, a, in another Christian's way for them to stumble and fall. Yeah. yeah. So as Christians, that is paramount. A- and um, the Apostle uh, Peter also talks about being a good example when he he tells other leaders that you are shepherds of God's flock, 1 Peter 5, you are shepherds of God's flock that are under your care, serve as overseers. In other words, a shepherd. Now he talks on about how they shouldn't be greedy for money or or. Too now, this isn't to just pastors. This includes, I'd suggest, parents as well. Absolutely, because really, what he's saying is, and he says in verse three, but being examples to the flock. Now, a shepherd to lead a flock and to care for that flock needs to invest heavily. Yeah. If that flock is going to be safe. They need to be given a good example, a godly example. And that's the same with families. It's the same with the Christian church. Mm. Paul regularly, Gary, also talks about uh, follow me, be an imitator of me. Now, I don't know, as a leader myself, um, that's daunting. If I was to say that to people, follow me or imitate me. But Paul says that repetitively uh, throughout many of his epistles. And there is a reason why. Because he was sold out on God. Yeah, yeah. In other words, everything he did, he did, you know, whatsoever you eat or drink or whatsoever things you do, do it all to the glory of God. And, I mean, ultimately, I think, David, we just simply have to ask, you know, is myself going around getting uh, getting dressed up in the the costumes of darkness uh, with blood and ooze, uh, you know, is, is that... A work of light or darkness? Absolutely. And so Paul, Gary, in, in Philippians 4, and, and you and I were talking about this passage earlier off air, he says these beautiful words in verse 8 onwards. He says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure. Now, clearly Halloween isn't pure. Mm. Whatever things are lovely. Here we've got goblins and gremlins and blood and ooze and yeah, skeletons. Yeah. Whatever things are of good report. And again, you can't say Halloween is of good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So as a Christian, as a leader, how can you meditate and ha- what virtue? What is there that's praiseworthy about Halloween? Yeah. But then in verse 9, and this is the godly leadership example, 
The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Mm. And the God of peace will be with you. Wow. So I believe as Christians, it doesn't matter whether in a leadership position, whether we're a Christian in a family and we're setting an example, it's the same. Whether we're a Christian and our neighbors aren't, it's the same. Essentially, we need to be sold out to God. We need to be, uh, not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed, as Paul says in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, be, being uh, transformed by the renewing of our minds mm. and to be continually um, setting ourselves as a living sacrifice to Jesus Christ. And that's what this New Test- whole New Testament is uh, is speaking about uh, when it uses those words. David, look, I'm conscious our time is almost gone. I'm just wondering, how would you feel about praying? Uh, I'm thinking particularly for families at this time of the year and particularly that you know our parents will be uh, under, have the wisdom because you know talking to children about some of these issues can be incredibly challenging i'm just wondering can you pray that the lord will give special wisdom uh, to and open the doors for maybe conversations to happen let's pray father god uh, you know all things you know what we will encounter before we even encounter it. You know, Lord, the works of the evil one. And uh, tonight, I guess, Halloween we've been talking about, and this week is only one of the many uh, of weapons in Satan's arsenal. Uh, Father, um, I just pray that, that families, um, there is so much, um, so many windows that are open to the hearts and the minds of young people through the media, through what they see and hear and experience, Lord, that can change their thinking, change their minds, change their values. Father, we pray for parents to have godly wisdom, to have fortitude, to have love. We pray, Lord, for young people to not get caught up in whatever it is that might come from the evil one whatever form of darkness that they might be led into, whether it's uh, bad gaming or other things, Lord. I just pray, Father, that parents will have that resilience, that courage and, and the love to be able to address this prayerfully with their young people. Lord, we pray too for, for those people in the community, Lord, that see no harm in this. I pray, Lord, that you will open opportunities to Christian listeners in a godly way, at the right time, if they're led by your spirit, to share, them, share with them something better. Lord, we commit ourselves to you, knowing that uh, the battle belongs to you. And we do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does lock our times up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary, Pastor David Butcher on Drive Time, Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano will look at the significance of uh, the significance of uh, uh, this uh, this subject once again. Really look forward to being with you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, "I'm leaving you with a gift: peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So <laughs> don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you." This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.